All right, today, I want to talk about one more aspect of not only community and our reach groups, but in particular when we come together. And that is the concept of encouragement. Let me see if you resonate with this. We all need encouragement. Okay, this group and this group. We all need encouragement. I mean, we do. Life is difficult. Life can be a challenge. And we need to be able to, on a constant basis, encourage one another, right? The word encourage means to put courage in. We encourage each other to help each other live by faith. Because encouragement is powerful, but it also must be purposeful. It doesn't just happen. So I want us to to, to think about um, aspects of that today. You know, it's not easy to follow Jesus in this world that we live in. Constantly struggles, challenges. And that's why when we come together, whether it be in a reach group, whether it be in worship, whether it be in Bible class, youth group, we need to be purposeful in encouraging one another. And I want us to practice that today. Because, I don't know how long ago it was now, we had a La Palma meeting about the next trip. And so, um, Marianne and I went and sat in, and we listened to them talk about the the trip um, that's coming up. There were five or six teenagers. There actually, I believe, Jeff, were more teenagers than there were adults at this meeting to go on a mission trip. And we walked away from that particular meeting thinking, wow, what, what a great group of teenagers we have. And I think it would be very wise of us today to recognize and to encourage our teenagers and the work that Jeff and Sarah do at this particular congregation. So if you would, would you join me? And thank you. Thank you. There is nothing like the teens getting serious about Jesus that can motivate us to become better. Thank you. I really do appreciate that very much. So let's talk about encouragement. In the New Testament, when you read, here's some things you will find out. You'll find a lot of um, statements and verses in the Bible that have a command, and then they say, one another. Right? So love one another. Encourage one another. We'll look at one in just a moment. Spur one another on. The majority of the time in the New Testament, the word encourage is used before one another. Matter of fact, 109 times it's used in the New Testament. It's as if that the New Testament writers in the New Testament church understood and they took for granted that their job was to encourage each other. That it was their job to find some way to go about and encourage. Right now, you've got to remember, this was a new uh, movement of Christianity. They're, they're living under the oppression and rule of Rome. They also had Jewish oppression uh, in, in their midst. And so they had to encourage one another. It was easy to pick up and leave and run and quit and say, no, I'm done with this. It's not worth it. First century Christians understood this. It's our job to encourage one another. 
to love one another. All over the New Testament, we find the commands followed by one another. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 9 through 11. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. Interesting, Paul says this. This is what you're doing. In other words, the the commandment here is to keep going, keep doing what you're doing. That you're encouraging one another. But, But take it to the next step. Building one another up. I need your encouragement. We need each other to build each other up. There's something about it. In the sports world, we get this. Take two teams that are evenly matched, Team A against Team B, and you're playing on the home field of Team A. Team A suddenly becomes, if they're evenly matched, a three to five point favorite. Why is that? If they go to Team B's stadium, now Team B is a three to five point favorite. Las Vegas understands this particular principle at times better than we do. Because when I go, when I'm on my home floor, right? I remember high school basketball and, and college basketball. We'd come out to warm up. Right? And our fans would just, yeah, way to go. You're the best. You can do it. Come on, let's win. Woo, we're going to do it. You're the best in the world. Right? And we're like, yeah, we are. You know, we're doing it. And we played better. But we'd go across town to our rival. Same guys. And we'd win that game at home. Go to their place. We come out. Start warming up. You wouldn't believe what they would say to us. Boo! Who said you're a ball player? Go on home. You're terrible. You're lousy. You have no coach. Why, why did your parents let you out of the house? Right? And it's a whole game. Whole game. And they kind of beat us down and we would lose at our rival's place. Isn't that interesting? The power of encouragement to lift the spirit, to lift the soul, to lift us to do what we normally would not do had we not had the encouragement. There is incredible power to it. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. Right Now this verse, when I was growing up, was used to tell me, you better go to church. Right? Don't forsake the assembly. The elders have set the time and you need to be there. That's part of it. Look at what the writer says, though, here in chapter 10. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, not only is encouragement powerful, but it must be purposeful. It's got to be intentional. You notice that particular word, spur one another on. Now, I, I have lived in the country the last few years, but I'm not a country boy, but I'm, I believe, and maybe some of you can correct me afterwards, when I spur the horse, the horse does not go, oh, that feels good. That makes me feel so good. I'm going to run faster. I don't think that's what happens. I think the horse goes, ouch. 
What are you doing? And he's running to get away from being spurred. Okay? And there are times when we need to spur one another on, which means we learn how to encourage by telling each other the truth. That we love each other enough to tell each other the truth. And we spur one another on. Now, interesting. Let us not give up meeting together, but let us encourage one another. What's the intent here? Why would you come together? Don't stop meeting together, right? Not because your soul's in jeopardy. It's because when we don't meet together, two things happen. Number one is, you and I will not receive the encouragement. Number two is, we will not be there to encourage. Your job and my job and our, all of us, our job together, when we come to worship, when we come for class, when we come for reach group, is, of course, we're going to worship, we're going to be in the Word, we're going to study, but it is our responsibility to encourage it's our job. We've got people that are struggling. We've got people that need us. And so we want to make sure um, that we are encouraging one another because we need it. Also, there's some urgency in this particular text. The day is approaching. And we don't know when that will be. So there's urgency about it. Now, go ahead and go to the next slide. I want to introduce you to a particular character that, um, whose name Barnabas, right? Bar, the prefix on the word, is, is the son. And Barnabas is our son of encouragement. So he's a Levite from Cyprus, the apostles called, called Barnabas, uh, which means son of encouragement. He sold a field he owned and brought, it, uh, brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. So his name means son of encouragement, but watch what he did. The way that Barnabas encouraged was they found a need and he met it. He found a need and he met it. He was intentional about it. There were people that were struggling. There were people who needed. And Barnabas was the one that looked at the situation and went, I can do that. I can do something here. Said, Barnabas, now don't, don't, do, don't sell the whole field, Barnabas. That's not reasonable. That's not responsible. You're going to need to have some of that later on in life. Barnabas said, no, there's a need right here. I'm going to sell it and I'm going to give. Why? Because Barnabas, in his name, being encouragement, understood the power of encouragement, what it would do to other people. But he was also intentional about it. He looked at the need. He looked at his own situation. He said, you know, I have something to do here, and so I did it. But that's only part of Barnabas. Go to the next slide. Acts 11 uh, starting in verse 23. Now, here's what, um, here's what they decided to do with Barnabas. We need to send him to Antioch. Now, if you know anything about Antioch, Antioch was the outlier. Antioch was the one that was pushing the envelope, that was saying, you know what? Christian, because of Jesus and Christianity, it's not just for the Jews, it's also for the Gentiles, right? which caused some real concern. Cause some folks to drag their feet and say, well, hang on a minute, not so fast. We, we need to think this through. We need to talk about this. And so they said, you know what? Let's send old Barnabas over there to Antioch. Now watch this. When he arrived and saw the evidence of the grace of God, he was glad and he encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord. 
with all of their heart. See, that sounds like Barnabas. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. And a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Now, here's what I love about Barnabas. And this is where encouragement comes in. They send Barnabas to Antioch. And instead of Barnabas going in going, you know what, I'm, 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 I know what's going to happen here. I know what's going on. And I'm, there's going to be some things I'm going to have to shut down. I'm going to find it. No. Barnabas goes in looking for evidence of grace. Looking for God's hand. Where is it that God is moving here that I can join in the movement and be of encouragement? Now, I want you to listen to this. I want you to think through this. He was looking for God's grace. Barnabas did not go in and go, Hey, stop right now. Let's slow this down. Whoa, you're moving too fast. You're making me uncomfortable. You're making those folks in Jerusalem uncomfortable. We need to slow this down until we all come to a consensus. Right? This is not right. That's not right. You didn't... You, you, you didn't uh, accomplish that correctly. We need to stop this thing. He went in looking. See, so part of my job every time I come, when we come together, is I want to look for God's grace amongst the people. Where's God moving? Where can I join in and encourage? Where can I come alongside of you and say, wonderful job, let's keep going? Way to allow God to use you in your life. Because here's the deal, church. We can always find what we're looking for. Can I get an amen? I can find what I'm looking for. I can look out here. I can see some of y'all got problems. Some of y'all got issues. Some of y'all didn't spend enough time preparing to come to church this morning. I can see it. It's just a joke. I'm real. I really don't do that very often. But um, see, I'm. What was I talking about now? Today? I totally forgot. Oh, we can find what we're looking for. You can find the things that don't work here at this church. You can find the things that need improvement. You can find elders that you don't like and preachers you don't like and things that they can improve and we ought to be able to do this and you know. There are some, again, as I've said before, that really believe that complaining and griping is their spiritual gift. Barnabas would not be. Barnabas would look at us kind of cross-eyed and go, what are you doing? Instead of coming together in reach group and in Bible class and in worship and looking for those things that aren't working, we want to begin to look for the evidence of God's grace and just fan that flame. But you do. You find what you're looking for. Years ago, by the way, I got to preach to Adrian Peterson in high school. He was at the high school there in Palestine, Texas. He grew up, and, and ever so often the football team would come to different churches. And they came. I was like, Adrian Peterson, i got to do good. So one, you know, maybe on a, a national interview he'll be like, yeah, I, did. I played well today, but I just want to send a shout-out to sitters back in Palestine, Texas, because there's no preacher like that. I'll just, and so, I, man, I gave it my all. Monday morning. I get this knock on my door at the office. Guy comes in, older fellow sits down and says, I'm going to tell you something. You blew it yesterday. What are you talking about? You blew it. You blew it yesterday. You had all those souls out there that weren't saved, and you could have preached the gospel, and you could have. And I'm racking my brain. I'm thinking, you know, I didn't. 
talk about that. But I guess not enough for him. We had those, and you didn't, and you messed it up, and you should have done this, and you run, run, run. I mean, he was getting red in the face, veins on the side of his neck poking out like Barney Fife. I mean, it was really poking out. That's the Andy Griffith show. That's what that's from. And uh, he was giving it to me. And my first reaction was, well, when he takes a breath, <laughs> I'm going to tear him a new page. But he wouldn't stop. And when he did, I finally said, you know what? You're probably right. That's all I said. And he immediately began to backtrack. Well, you know, it wasn't all that bad. You know, it was, a, you know, it was, overall it was a good day. And, we, you know, we got a chance to meet them and then love on them and feed them food and all that stuff. This is a guy that came to the assembly that morning to look for what was wrong instead of encouraging. Barnabas went to look for the evidence of God's grace. And when he found it, he said, let's go, let's go. What's the potential in this situation? That's where you and, you and I encourage. What's the potential in that person? That's what we look to encourage. That's the spirit of Barnabas. If you want to find the grace of God, you can. We find what we're looking for. Now, going to the next slide. I'll, I'll wrap this up quickly. Before I read this, though, you've got to understand that in Acts chapter 15 and verse 36, Paul and Barnabas split up. Because um, Paul, Barnabas wanted to take John Mark with him and, and Paul. And Paul said, nope, I'm not taking him. Nope, he deserted us. I'm not taking him. So Barnabas chooses to take John Mark. Paul goes a different direction. Again, the spirit of Barnabas. Somebody probably came along and said, Barnabas, now you know what you're doing, don't you? You're going to get out there and you're going to do it and he's going to desert you and you're going to look foolish and it's really going to be a disaster and you better really think this thing through. Barnabas said, that's fine, I'll take him. I love him. And in 2 Timothy chapter 4, in the words of Paul, later on, Paul writes this, Do your best to come to me quickly, because only Luke is with you. Get Mark and bring him with you, because he's helpful to me in my ministry. Paul says bring Mark. Why? Because of one man. Barnabas kept encouraging, kept loving, kept looking for the good, kept looking for the grace of God in his life. I want to tell you something. I need those type of people in my life. Let me ask you a question. Who stood by you when everybody else doubted you? Who's the person that said, no, I believe in you. I love you. I know you've been through some tough times. I know you've had failures. I know you've blown it. Believe in you. I love you. God, thank you for those people in our lives. Thank you for the Barnabases. But now let me ask you the second question. Who are you and I standing by now? Come on, you can do it. I believe in you. I see the grace of God in your life. That's what we need. That's what we got to have. That's what we have to practice when we come together. Thank you, God, for Barnabas. Last slide. 
So it's powerful. Encouragement is powerful, but it must be intentional. I I forgot to tell you, when you go back to that Hebrews text, he says, consider how you may spur one another on. In other words, think about this beforehand. Think about it before you walk in those doors or those doors. Have Have a plan when you walk in. What am I, who do I need to talk to? Who do I need to encourage? My eyes are open. I'm looking. There are people here that need me to encourage them. Powerful. Must be purposeful. So when we come together, we come together not only to be in the Word and to worship, but to encourage each other. All right? Practice. Practicum number two this morning. Get out your phone. Most of the time, preachers say, put your phone away. You got your phone, get it out. I brought mine. I had to run down and get it. Because here's what I want you to do today. I want you to text somebody that's in here right now. And I want you to encourage them. Now, there are cards if you, if you don't have a phone. Charlie, there are cards there in front of you. You might and just hand it to them later on. But I want you to encourage somebody. Are you taking time to do this now because it's important? You know what I should have done is had you turn your volume up before we did this. That would have been cool. So if you haven't seen it, turn your volume up. All right, when you're done, send it. Well, not that loud. Use technology. Use it to bless other people. I want to tell you about... Uh, okay, now you're going to have to stop texting me, okay? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I want to tell you about the guy who was my Barnabas. And then we'll... Finish. And by the way, let him, let him keep clicking. That's fine. I don't, it doesn't bother me at all. Uh-uh. My Barnabas was a, na- a man named Manny. Hispanic guy, big, big bone guy, jovial, hilarious, tough. He was my dad's best friend. My dad was the minister. They converted Manny, I believe Manny and his wife, and they became my parents' best friends, and so he was always around. I'm going to tell you how tough he was, for for those of you who understand this. He was a college kicker uh, in, in football. He was a kicker, and he kicked barefoot. Hang on. Straight on. Not soccer style. Straight on kicking the football with his toes. He doesn't have any toes today because I think they fell off. But (laughs) He would take me aside and he'd say, you know what, let's 
let's go down to the ballpark and um, I want to watch you pitch. And Manny never brought a glove. He just had his bare hand. All right, throw it in. He squat down. Lord, here a pow. He hit his hand. Throw it back. And it kind of discouraged me, depressed me a little bit because I'm throwing as hard as I can. He's like, okay, that's good. Throw it back. And he took me under his wings in Bible class. He would teach. And he took me under his wings and he would say things to me like this. You'd be great in ministry. You'd make a great preacher. And you're going to do a great job. Here I am. He would take me places. Baseball field, basketball court. In class, he would encourage me. He stood by me. And listen to me. He was intentional about encouraging me. And to some degree, large or small, it was because of Manny that I'm in the ministry today when I was young. Listen, got a lot of young ones around. Time to encourage. Time to encourage one another. Because it has the power to revolutionize. But it must be purposeful. Okay? So our job from now on, when we come together, we see each other. I'm thinking, where do I encourage? Where do I bless? Where do I watch for the grace of God because I want to step in. See, it's not who you talk to at church. Listen, it's not who you talk to. It's what you and I say to each other. It's what we say. Love you. Keep going. You're the best. God can use you. Look for the grace of God, okay? Don't tear down. You build up. That's our job. I think first century Christians got it better than we did. But boy, we can make a dent in this world if we learn to encourage one another. I love you. I look forward to what God has in store for us. And as we keep growing and moving, we keep encouraging, loving each other, standing beside each other, and never giving up. Sometimes we may have to spur each other on, telling the truth in love. But it's because we love. Okay? So listen. We would love to encourage you this morning. If there's something that we can do as the church, we're about to stand and sing. When we do, if you need to come to the front, if there are things that you need to confess that's going on, that you need help overcoming, if life has just gotten to you, I'm on the verge of giving up. I need to come in contact with some Barnabases and Mrs. Barnabases. This morning's the time to do that. This morning you need to give your life to Jesus. Whatever it is, let us encourage each other. Let's be intentional about it. And let's see what the Lord does. Okay. We can encourage you, bless you, pray for you. Won't you come right now as we stand? <clears throat>